Our text today is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Dear children, it's not very often that you have the opportunity to hear a sermon directed to you. I try to have application in sermons so that you know that God is speaking to you. But this one is in a very special way directed toward you. And so I pray that you will listen very attentively, very closely to what God says to you. Through his word today. If the Apostle Paul could particularly address the covenant children in Ephesus, as he does here, and in the city of Colossae, as he does there in Colossians, and give them clear direction as to their duties, then it is certainly entirely pro- uh, appropriate for me to speak to preach on those passages that the Apostle Paul thought was necessary to give to the children of those congregations. You see, dear children, the kingdom of God belongs to you. The kingdom of God is not just for your parents. The kingdom of God belongs to you, children. The Lord Jesus declared concerning little children who were brought to him, even children as small as those that he could hold in his own arms, forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 19.14 Children, the Lord has called you to himself. In the promises of the gospel, that have been made to you in your baptism and in the gospel of salvation. Jesus offers himself to you, children. Take him to be your savior. Embrace him by faith. Love him and obey him. There are two questions I will ask and answer in the sermon this Lord's Day from our text in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. The first question is, what is a child's duty? And the second question is, why is a child to obey? So let's look at the first question. What is a child's duty? Ephesians 6, 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That's your duty. Very briefly summarized for you. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. 
The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesian Christians from a prison cell in Rome. Now, why was Paul in prison? Had he committed some crime? No, not any crime against God or sin against God. He was in prison for preaching the good news of Jesus Christ to Jews and Gentiles alike. And you know, there is a price to be paid on our parts for faithful obedience. But it is always worth the sacrifice. Paul did not think he had been shortchanged because he was in prison for doing what was right, for obeying Christ. And, dear ones, when we are in heaven, and when we look back, as it were, upon this life, if we have any memory, there certainly won't be tears, there won't be sorrow. I don't know if that means that we won't remember anything from this life. But there won't be tears over this life. But as we do, if we are able to look back, everything we have suffered, all the afflictions, the hardships that we have endured, there will be no regrets. Not one single person in heaven will regret anything they have done for Jesus Christ in suffering for him. Whatever faithfulness has cost them, no one will shed a tear over what they suffered for Christ here. There may be tears of joy and tears of thanksgiving and tears of happiness over what God has given to them, but not tears over what they suffered here upon the earth. It will be worth it all. That's our hope. That's always our hope. And so, whether it's children, obey your parents, or the address to all of us to obey the Lord Jesus Christ, remember, there is a cost to obedience, but it is worth it all. To obey means, children, to listen to your parents, and it means to do what they tell you to do. If you're told to clean up your room or to take out the trash, to turn off the television, to do your homework, your schoolwork, to come in from playing because it's time to eat, to get ready for bed, obedience not only means to listen with the outward ear, As if to say, I hear you. But obedience is to even do quickly what you are told to do. Not when you feel like getting around to doing it, but when you are told to do it. That's obedience. Children, how are you to obey your parents? Well, let me give you some ways 
four, four ways that you may use, four ways to obey your parents. First of all, obey your parents so as to please the Lord. Obey your parents so as to please the Lord. You should want to please your parents for sure, but more importantly, you should, by your obedience, want to please the Lord out of a heart filled with love for the Lord Jesus Christ, for all that he has given you and done for you. That should be your primary reason for obedience, is that you want to please God. You want to please the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear children, do you trust in Jesus Christ as your only Savior from sin? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? you know how you demonstrate that? The chief way that you as children demonstrate that is through obeying your parents. Obeying your parents shows that you love the Lord Jesus Christ and that you're trusting in Him for your salvation. That's the fruit. One of the chief fruits that you will find in your life is your obedience to your parents. So first of all, obey your parents so as to please the Lord. Secondly, children, obey your parents with a respectful attitude. With a respectful attitude. Don't slam doors or stomp out of the room when you don't get what you want. Don't speak to your parents in a sarcastic manner. Now, I'm sure that, you know, a lot of the children here today could be saying, well, that's not true of me, but that's true of my brother or sister. Well, it may be more true of your brother or sister, but it's true of all of us. None of us have the respect that we should have for our parents. None of us are perfect in that with the respect that we should have. We can always point the fingers at ourselves, first of all, and we should begin there. Even if, uh, as I said, a brother or sister is more likely to slam doors and have a problem that way, we can still point the fingers at ourselves. Children, remember, all authority in the home comes from whom? comes from God, doesn't it? Who is it that placed you in the home that you're in and placed your parents over you? Is it pure chance? Is it an accident? Or did God put your parents in that place and you into that home? Obviously, God put you there. And your parents are there as his authority in your life. And if you show disrespect to your parents, you are showing disrespect to God himself. third way in which you can obey and should obey your parents is to obey from a cheerful heart. A cheerful heart. Don't just obey outwardly because the Lord tells you to do so and as if to say, well, if I've got to do it, I'll do it. 
learn how to obey cheerfully. If you learn that lesson as a child, you will save yourself so much hardship as an adult. If you learn how to cheerfully obey your parents. That doesn't come naturally to any of us to obey cheerfully. It doesn't come naturally to any of us to obey God cheerfully. But that is what God calls us to do. That's the kind of obedience that the Lord wants us to have toward him. And it's certainly the obedience that the Lord wants you children to have with regard to your own parents. To grumble and complain about what you have been asked to do, even if you do eventually do it, is not the obedience God desires in your life. Don't have the attitude that because you can't change what your parents have told you to do, that you'll simply resign yourself to do it. Don't simply have that attitude. Do so cheerfully. Just as God loves a cheerful giver, for us to give of our money to God cheerfully, you know what? God also loves cheerful obedience from the heart. And I can guarantee you also that to the degree that you learn how to obey cheerfully, to that degree, obedience will not be such a burden to you. It won't be such a drudgery to you. It's the cheerfulness in doing what you are asked to do that changes the whole perspective with regard to obedience, whether it's to God or to any other authority that God places in our life. It's our cheerfulness that changes that whole attitude. The last thing I want to say with regard to how you're to obey your parents is to obey, and I've alluded to this already, but to obey immediately. Don't wait until you forget what you were told to do. Why do you forget sometimes? And why do you use the excuse? Well, I forgot. Well, it's because you didn't do what you were told to do when you were supposed to do it. That's why you forgot. But if you did immediately what you were told to do, guess what? You wouldn't have forgotten. It's like, it seems so often that we as children and as adults, we know what we're to do, and we head off, perhaps with the right intention, but then there are all these distractions that begin to be thrown into our pathway. You know, there's things to do. There's toys to play with. Even as adults, there's toys to play with. And we forget to do what we're told to do or what we promised to do. So God calls us to obey him immediately. To wait until you are threatened with discipline is not the kind of obedience in which the Lord delights. To wait for your parents' voice to go up to a certain pitch is not the kind of obedience the Lord calls you children to have. When we really hear and want to obey, 
It doesn't matter whether our parents are speaking to us in a very normal voice or not. We hear what they had to say in the same way. When we pray in the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We are asking God to give us and others the grace to obey him as quickly as do the angels in heaven. That's what we're asking for in that petition. That we would obey the Lord here upon earth in the way that the angels obey the Lord in heaven and are swift to do what God calls them to do. Obviously, they're perfect and we're not. But is that your desire? Do you even desire to be quick in obeying the Lord? Do you desire to be quick, children, in obeying your parents? That's what you should desire to do. You can't possibly begin to obey them quickly if you don't even desire to do so. And so are you praying, God, give to me the desire to obey my parents quickly? Now, some of you children might be saying to yourselves at this point, it's not easy to obey parents as God commands. And you're absolutely right. It isn't easy. In fact, it's not only not easy to do so, it's impossible for you to obey your parents as God commands. The only perfect child ever born was the Lord Jesus Christ. Only he never sinned in his thoughts or words or deeds. Obedience to your parents is hard because you, as well as all of us present today, are sinners by nature. And that corruption of the heart continues to affect us even though we have been born anew by the Spirit of God. Even though that new principle of life has been given to us in Jesus Christ, we still desire what's wrong. We still desire to disobey and not to do what we're told to do. And so, yes, it is hard. Yea, it's impossible for any of us to obey God as he calls us to do in our own strength. Our problem is that we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. When your parents tell you to stop touching certain items in the store and to leave them alone, you are tempted by your own sinful desires to pick that item up, to look at it, to play with it, to hold it in your hands. Just as Eve was told by God not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and which he did anyway. You're simply following in the footsteps of Adam and Eve. 
when you disobey your parents and when we all disobey God. Dear children, the very first reason God has given his commandments to us, commandments like children obey your parents, the very first reason is to show us that we are sinners. That we are sinners and that we need Jesus Christ because none of us can keep that commandment or any of the other commandments of God perfectly. The very first reason that you must understand that God gives you that commandment is to drive you outside of yourself into Jesus Christ who alone can help you and give you the grace that you need to be an obedient child. You cannot do so in your own righteousness. You cannot do so in your own strength. Thus, when you know God commands you to obey your parents and you fail to do so, that holy commandment actually is intended to send you to Jesus Christ to find in him a Savior who kept all of God's commandments perfectly for those who will confess they are sinners and will embrace him by faith alone. God's commandments should show you, children, should show you that you cannot trust in your own obedience to make yourself acceptable to God. Children, do you think you can do enough? Let me see all you looking at me, all the children. Huh? Can you do enough to make yourself worthy to go to heaven? Can you, in your own works, do enough to make yourself acceptable before God? No. That's what this commandment tells you right at the outset. You need Jesus Christ. And so flee to the Lord. Flee to Christ for your help, for your strength, for your righteousness. God not only gives you his holy commandments like children obey your parents so as to show you your need of Christ, but also to reveal to you now that you are God's child, how you can show your love for him, how you can show your gratitude to him for all that he has done for you. Okay, so now you have come to Jesus Christ. You see that you can't keep God's commandments. Now, what is the purpose of the commandment of God? You've already come to Christ. Well, the commandments show us, reveal to us, how do we show our love for God? How do we show our love for our parents? By obeying them. By obeying them. By obeying God. By obeying the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we show that we love someone. Can we truly say we love somebody... If we don't care anything about them, if we don't care, particularly with parents, if we don't care to obey them, how can we say we love them? How can we truly say we love God if we don't care whether we obey God or not? We can't. The Lord Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. Follow me. That's how you demonstrate your love and your thankfulness and your gratitude to God and to your parents for all that they have done for you. 
Does this command to children only mean children while they are very small, or does it mean older children as well? The word used here for children does not stress the age of the child at all, but rather the fact that they have been begotten and have parents. That's the idea of this particular word, that they have been begotten, they have parents. Certainly, therefore, as long as children are under their parents' roof and authority, they are bound to obey all those commands that are agreeable to the word of God, that are given to them by their parents, whether they are toddlers, preteens, teens, or young adults. They cannot simply disregard those commands that are agreeable to the word of God, that are reasonable in every way that their parents give to them without incurring God's holy displeasure in their lives. Once children have left home, their relationship to their parents does indeed change in many respects, but it never means that children cease to honor their parents. It does not mean that they cease to listen to their parents when good advice is given. In fact, we should want to heed what our parents tell us, and we should only be reluctant to do so when the advice, the counsel, is not agreeable to the word of God. We should almost be compelled at that point. You mean, I cannot obey my parents, I cannot honor them? And so, we need as adult children to realize that there is an honor attached as well when we even leave home we form our own family unit and certainly honoring our parents also involves caring for the needs of our parents as they have needs and as we are able to meet those needs Now, the Lord doesn't say here, children, obey your parents. Listen closely. Doesn't say, children, obey your parents if you like what they tell you to do, does it? No. Rather, the Lord, speaking through the Apostle Paul, says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. In the Lord. Now, there are two ideas that are communicated by that phrase, in the Lord. The first idea is this. That your obedience to your parents is in the place of the Lord. That is, your parents represent the Lord in your home. They have his authority, lawful authority in the home. Therefore, to disobey them is to disobey the Lord. When you disobey your parents' children, you not only should go to your parents, therefore, and ask them to forgive you when you disobey them, but you should go to the Lord as well, because it is the Lord who has placed them in that position over you. You children, no doubt, have learned through experience what will happen to you if your parents Send your brother or your sister to tell you to come in, say, from playing. And if you can completely disregard what your 
brother or your sister says because they're only my brother or my sister. And yet, they're simply saying what your parents told them to say. You'll soon see that you're going to be in some trouble. Because the brother or the sister brought the message from the parents. There are consequences if you don't listen to your brother or sister who are carrying the message from your parents. And in the same way, when your parents give you a lawful command, a command that's agreeable to the word of God, they speak not merely on behalf of themselves. They speak on behalf of God. And when you ignore them, tune them out, show them disrespect, make faces at them, disobey them, say things under your breath as you're walking away, you have committed the same sin against the Lord God himself. That's what it means. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That's the first thing that is meant by in the Lord. The second thing that is meant by children obey your parents in the Lord is that since your parents represent the Lord in the home, they must not tell you to do anything that is contrary to God's word. They have a responsibility too. They can only, and you must only obey that which is agreeable. If they tell you to do something that is contrary to the word of God, to the will of God, your obligation at that point is not to obey them. God forbid that that should happen. But should it ever happen, your responsibility is not to obey because you have a higher obligation to obey God preeminently. Of course, children must be absolutely sure that what a parent has commanded or forbidden is indeed contrary to the word of God. And if they're not sure, it's always safer and right to obey parents and find out whether or not what was commanded at that point in time was agreeable to the word of God or contrary to the word of God. And even if children must obey their parents in such a situation in order to obey the Lord, they must show all proper respect still to their parents. They don't shout and scream at their parents. They'll slam doors. Again, they're not disrespectful. They must explain why they cannot do what the parents have commanded in that particular circumstance. They must show their parents that they are grieved in their soul that they have to disobey, not that they're happy that they get to disobey. And the other thing that is true is that if children, looking up here, Attention up here. If children are to take that kind of a stand where they have to disobey their parents, they realize that they have to bear the consequences. They may be disciplined even at times. Children through the ages have been disciplined for doing what's right. 
by their parents. And if that's the case, that's what you have to endure for doing what's right. You're still obeying the Lord. Children, you cannot break the Sabbath. If your parents ask you to break the Sabbath, say, I can't. I can't break the Sabbath. Children, you can't lie for your parents. If your parents tell you to answer the phone and say you're not at home, you can't do that. That's a sin against God. If your parents compel you to follow some false teaching, you cannot obey that command. If you believe that God's word says something, your conscience is bound by what God says in his word and your parents compel you to believe something contrary to the word of God, go through the steps that I previously mentioned, but ultimately you cannot disobey God in order to follow your your, your parents. Children, you cannot marry one. You cannot marry one who does not embrace the same principles of religion that our church holds and that the Bible teaches. And if you're compelled to marry someone who holds different principles, you must respectfully decline and say, I cannot do that. Such commands would be against God's law. Children are to obey their parents only in the Lord because all authority to rule comes from God and not from parents. The second question to be answered is this. The second main point is this. Why is a child to obey? Why is a child to obey? And the answer is because God commands obedience and because God rewards obedience. Two things. God commands obedience and God rewards obedience. First of all, then, because God commands obedience when he says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. This is the right thing to do. It's not wrong to obey your parents. It's wrong to disobey your parents and it is right to obey your parents because God says so. It's not your parents who are simply saying so. It's not simply your pastor that is saying so. It's God who is saying so. For this is right, and the verse goes on to say, Honor thy father and mother. That is basically the fifth of the Ten Commandments. And children, you're not just to obey your father while disobeying your mother or obey your mother while disobeying your father. You are to obey both father and mother. If there is ever a situation where Mom says one thing to do and dad says the other thing to do. Go to your parents and say, I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm in a quandary. I'm confused right now. I don't know what to do because I've been told to do two separate things, two different things, two contrary things. Well, you go and explain your dilemma 
your situation and try to resolve it. But if they are diametrically opposed to one another, then it does fall upon you again as best as you're able to sort out who is telling you the right thing to do at that point in time. Believe it or not, children, God doesn't command you to obey your parents because he wants to make your life miserable for you. That's not the reason he commands you to obey your parents. He commands you to obey your parents because obedience leads to blessing. Obedience leads to joy and happiness. Disobedience in our life leads to shame, discontentment, and misery. Disobedience leads to those things. It's obedience that leads to joy and blessing. Listen to what God says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24. Deuteronomy 6, verse 24 says this, And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God. Why? For our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. The Lord gave all these commandments for our good, Moses says. I would say, children, the most miserable people that you'll ever meet and probably won't want to be around very much because they are so miserable are those who have never learned to obey. They are selfish and they care only for themselves. People who have learned to obey God, who desire to obey their parents, wives who desire to submit to their husbands, church members who desire to be submissive to the elders of their church, Christians who desire to obey God and submit to him, are people who are content and filled with joy because God promises blessing to those who are obedient. But those who don't are miserable and they make all of those around them miserable as well. And as you grow up, children, you don't stop having to obey. It's not just children that are commanded to be obedient. As we said, wives are commanded to be obedient to their husbands. Members of the church, whether male or female, are commanded to be obedient to their elders. And all Christians are commanded to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Just see how long your dad will uh, keep his job if he tells his boss he doesn't want to obey the instructions that his boss has given him. He won't have a job very long. The lessons you learn... As a child, in obeying your parents are, are lessons you will continue to learn as you grow up. And children, most importantly, if you do not learn to obey your parents, you will never learn to obey God himself. You can't refuse to obey your parents and yet say, I'm obeying God. 
For if you cannot obey your parents whom you can see, how can you obey God whom you cannot see? Or if you cannot obey those who represent God in the home, namely your parents, how will you ever obey God whom they represent? The second reason you're to obey your parents in the Lord is because God rewards obedience. God rewards obedience. Honor thy father and thy mother. Notice what the apostle says, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. Now, is this an absolute promise that an obedient child will be wealthy, free of hardship, and live to be a hundred years old? No. All such physical promises that pertain to this life are conditioned upon what will most glorify God and what will most edify the church of Jesus Christ and what will best promote our own spiritual good. It may happen that the disobedient and rebellious child lives a long life upon earth by God's providence. But in so doing, the wicked child who grows up only stores up more judgment for himself in not taking advantage of the time given to repent of his sin and to turn to Jesus Christ. And the blessing of a long life in such a case is really turned into a curse for that person. It may also happen that the obedient and righteous child lives a short life upon earth by God's providence. But in so doing, God takes that which is temporary away, that is life here upon the earth, and simply gives to that child that which is far better, which is eternal, and which can never be taken away. God has not shortchanged the child in that case at all. A child who loves him by taking him to heaven taking her to heaven. In such cases, it's as if God promises $100 and instead gives the child a million dollars when he takes that child to heaven. Remember, children, that God never takes away a physical blessing that he does not replace with a greater blessing. In taking away material wealth, he gives riches of his grace. In taking away the liberty of our body, by casting us into prison for the faith, he bestows upon us the better liberty of a pure conscience before God. In taking away our health, he grants us patience and humility, which are graces that we absolutely need to live the Christian life. And in taking away our life on earth, he brings us into eternal life in heaven. Dear children, never forget that the promise God makes to you here. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3, is due to his grace and not due to your own merit or your own goodness. When you obey your parents, you should not be saying to yourself, look at what a good child I am. You should rather be saying, look at what a good God I serve that has given me the desire and the ability to want to obey my parents so that God gets the glory. Remember, the only thing any of us truly deserve from God 
The only thing that any of us truly deserve from God is hell. And if God were to give us what we deserved, we would all be there right now. That's what we deserve. Everything else we receive is of God's free grace and mercy and love. In conclusion, children, let me give you several practical ways to apply what God has commanded you to do. First, first, children, pray for your parents. We parents know we need it. Even if we don't say so, we know we need it. We need it every single day. We need God's grace every day. And we need your prayers every day. Your parents, dear one, dear children, need those prayers in order that God, and this is what you can pray for, God give my parents wisdom and knowledge that is found in the scripture in order to lead me as God would lead, lead me. Such prayers of love will find favor in God's sight if you pray for your parents every single day. Second practical way uh, to apply what God commands you to do is this. Cover the weaknesses and the faults of your parents. Try not to expose your parents' weaknesses and faults before them or before others, but rather try to cover them as best as you possibly can. Love seeks to cover a multitude of sins whenever possible. If you have opportunity to privately discuss with a parent a conspicuous sin that that parent has, has uh, committed, go humbly, respectfully, with the Bible, as it were, in your hand, upon your lips, and lovingly ask the, the parent to prayerfully consider what you have to say. If your parent refuses to repent of a serious sin, try to go back to them numerous times with this particular sin. But if they will not repent, if they are obstinate and continue to practice the serious, aggravated sin, go to your other parent first. Go to your other parent first. Talk with your other parent about that sin. Get that, the other parent's counsel. If that serious sin of your parent is not dealt with as it should be dealt with, get advice from your elder, from your pastor, as to what you should do in that situation. But do so not because you despise your parent, but because you love your parent and desire God's blessing upon your parent. Thirdly, if you yourselves would be good parents when you grow up and have children of your own, learn to obey your parents now. You may think that it's real easy being a parent. You know, all we as children, when we were children, thought of is, you get to tell me what to do. <laughs> And that's all we tend to look at. It's just the issue of authority. Right? But there's so much more when we grow up and become parents to simply, than simply telling children what to do. 
There's so much more responsibility. There's so much more pain and heartache when you children disobey us. And when we have to discipline you. Or rebuke you or correct you. It's not an easy calling to be a parent. But you can make your parents' calling much more joyful by your obedience. And you can prepare yourself to be a good parent when you grow up if you will obey your parents now. Learn to obey them cheerfully. Fourthly, Jesus is not asking you children to do anything that he was unwilling to do himself with his own parents. Now, Jesus was perfect, right? Did Jesus have perfect parents? No. He had sinful parents. But in Luke chapter 2, verses 51 and 52, Jesus went and submitted himself to his parents and obeyed them. The perfect, sinless Son of God is not asking you to do anything that he was unwilling to do. You might say, well, that was easy for him because he was perfect to do. From that perspective, yeah, that's different from from your situation. You're not perfect. But being perfect and having sinful parents, that's not. If you think about it, the temptations, because he was tempted, even though he sinned in, in no respect, he was tempted as you are tempted. The temptation, when his parents were wrong or told him to do something sinful or or whatever, that he disagreed with. At least the temptation to say, what do you mean? I'm sinful, I mean, I'm sinless and you're sinful. The temptation was there, though he could not sin and though he did not sin, the temptation was there. And yet, again, he submitted himself. That is what he calls you to do. And finally, the last thing is this. When you disobey, no matter how wrong you have been, children, no matter how grievously you may have disobeyed your parents, don't run away from the Lord nor from your parents. Run to the Lord and run to your parents to be restored to them like the prodigal son learned he ran away from his father he wanted to do things the way he wanted to do them he did not want to be submissive to his father and he was very foolish and unwise very wicked and spent his inheritance, but came back and acknowledged that his father was a loving and merciful father. He only asked to be a servant in the household, but his father opened his arms and received him with mercy and grace and welcomed him back into the household and into the family when he repented of his sin. Christ is more willing to forgive your disobedience, children, then you are even willing to come to him.
And he will never, ever turn you away if you do come to him. Repenting of your sin and seeking his face. Let us stand together in prayer. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. You are welcome to make copies and give them to those in need. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. It is likely that the sermon or book that you just listened to is also available on cassette or video, or as a printed book or booklet. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle was adopted by the Papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the Papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important when he says that God had commanded no such thing and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.